0: listening to someone preach teach on a topic um last night and I came back to it this morning because I kind of fell asleep as I was listening to it missed the gym and everything it was it was just terrible I didn't sleep good the day before and, and I was like I'll just take a nap before it's time to go to the gym yeah that didn't work out so anyway as I'm listening to this uh this gentleman teach on the topic he was teaching on he made a comment that that took me back and made me think about what he was saying a little bit more and what he made reference to was is is something he was shown and I do believe God works in a person's life in very personal personal ways but I think we have to be very careful how we approach this unless we get outside of the teaching of the Bible and go our own way and, and make determinations that are extra biblical, right? Make determinations that are not only just extra biblical, right? Because there's certain things that happen in your life that are not necessarily spelled out book, chapter, verse, if you get what I'm saying. But if you have something spelled out in your life that that goes in contradiction to something the, the Bible teaches, well, now there is a problem. You have some private revelation, some private thing that nobody else knows. So I looked up the definition of the word doctrine because, you know, that's that's what this is dealing with. And this is something that I've talked about before, but this The comments of this gentleman made me go back to this and actually look at something the Bible says about this again, because my whole point was, I thought to myself, well, I wonder if my thinking on this is correct. Like, am am I bugging? Am I missing something that the Bible says? Am I missing something in my spiritual walk because I have this rigid so to speak adherence to the bible and so we get into this i would call it a a mental conundrum but it's not really a conundrum i think it's more us deciding to go our own way but we get into this this loop of circular reasoning i think when the bible is abandoned for whatever it is i want to do and we see that happen today amongst people who profess that, that they are Christians, right? People go their own way. People teach their own thing. It causes confusion. You go to the Bible at some point, at some point, I think everybody in their walk is going to go to the Bible and look for these things that they've heard. So what happens when you're looking through your Bible and you can't find it? Now, sometimes it's you just don't understand sometimes you you're young in a faith, you don't understand there's things you miss, but how many times does this happen and it's really because yo, this is not in the Bible this is something that this person just whipped up came up with on their own, and they didn't really have any Bible backing for this. I try my best when i have a when I have a thought because if if you spend any time thinking you're you're almost by default gonna enter into the realm of of philosophy right because you're you're thinking through a lot of things you're taking in things that many different people are saying, and you're gonna try to break through and 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 break these things down in a very philosophical way. I think it's almost by default how the human brain works right you you follow some pro- some process of logic and philosophically thinking through things. I think what begins to happen is we we go into the realm of thinking about these things absent of scripture. Now, this is primarily to believers. Obviously, we know those who don't believe the Bible. They're going to concoct whatever it is they thought they think in their own mind and base it on all kind of philosophies. So my this is primarily to people who say they believe the Bible. And what happens is as you get farther and farther away from relying on God's wisdom right what's in the Bible you come up with your own doctrine your own ideas these things that may be completely foreign from what the Bible actually teaches and then at some point you have entered the realm of the esoteric I'm going to get into that but first I want to read what this word doctrine means doctrine in the general sense is whatever is taught hence um, a principle or position in any science, whatever is laid down as true by an instructor or master, the act of teaching, learning knowledge, the truth of the gospels in general. Now this is from the Noah Webster's 1828 dictionary. And back then, this was a time, especially when you're dealing with the English language that The Bible was really revered, so you'll you'll find a lot of uh, scriptural and and biblical references, even in definitions, Um, instruction and confirmation in the truth of the gospel. So that was the definition there. So I want to get to the book of Second Timothy, uh, Chapter three and read. Verses which verses that I want to read, verses 15 and 16. So, without further ado, let's get into this. All right, so let me move this up so it can be seen. <clears throat> All right, so verse 15 and, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scripture, which is able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Now in this specific context, he's talking to Timothy, of course, who is a preacher, somebody who trained under the apostle Paul. Paul, but what you find in verse 16 is just generally true across the board, right? So there's many places in the Bible where specific people are being dealt with, but you find a general truth within that specific dealing. So the general truth delivered here to Timothy or the the, the specific letter written to Timothy obviously has a general truth. That is true across the board for anyone that would peer into the Bible, right? All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. God inspired this, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. So this is where, this is where the the primary backbone of your teaching should come from. It shouldn't be from just something that you concocted. And I think what most people What most people do is they, they take their, their teaching is more esoteric. So that word esoteric told you I was going to get into that means interior from within private An epithet applied to the private instructions and doctrines of Pythagoras opposed to exoteric, which is external public opposed to esoteric or secret so i think what a lot of people do is they they have this view of god as esoteric now hear me out i understand that god does deal with people individually god answers prayer god deals with people individually on individual matters but i think people try to make god esoteric private to them and they have their own things that God does only for them in the sense that it can be something outside of the Bible, outside of what the Bible teaches in, in a way, I'm trying to figure out how to word this in a way that is extra biblical, right? So, uh, there'll be some experience or something, some person will say, and it will be something that's like, yo, I don't find any teaching in the Bible that supports this, Right. Now, maybe something isn't explicitly laid out, but it's not necessarily in violation of the scripture. I understand that happens. But what I'm talking about is things that a person has that's air quote, esoteric, private to them. But then when you, when you go through the Bible, it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute. You said this happened and that happened. And you're proclaiming that this thing, this experience is from God, but Yo, this is actually a violation of of what the Bible teaches in in these two, three, four areas. So how did this come from God? Well, translation is it didn't. I think this is the problem of having this esoteric view of God, an esoteric view of doctrine, where it's just something that's, that's private to you. And what led me down that path of thinking is when I was listening to this, uh, to this man teach, and this is, this wasn't, is not necessarily like a, a a blasting criticism of him. If you understand what I mean, when I hear anything, I'm always questioning because I want to know, okay, what, like, is this in line with what the Bible actually teaches? When I hear something that my ears perk up, I'm like, huh? I don't know if that's necessarily how this goes, but maybe I'm mistaken. I'm always willing to come to the conclusion that I'm mistaken and there's just something that I generally do not understand because there is a lot that I do not understand. But when he delved into these topics, I'm not going to get to the specifics, and he started saying things, then I started thinking about what the Bible says about certain issues. And I was like, you know, I can't necessarily say this man is wrong right out the gate, but something about what he's saying, I'm not completely sure about, but I want to go to my Bible and see if this is something, if this is a way in which God works, do I have any indication that, that this is how things work throughout the Bible? And herein lies the problem with me and i think many people is early on my my interactions spiritually were primarily based on an esoteric view of spirituality in general and an esoteric view of the bible in general and that is an improper approach I'm going to go to the book of Second, uh, second Peter uh, 1, and I'm going to start at verse 16. Here's another thing, kind of a side note. I, I always wanted to learn another language, and I still do. I still do want to learn other languages. But you know what I realize when I'm reading my Bible, especially when I'm looking up words, And seeing like what these words actually mean. I realized that many people, like, I don't know if this is the case in other countries. And I, and I don't know if this is the case for other people in other countries and how many people in in the United States and other English speaking countries that this is the case for. But I realize I don't even have a correct command and understanding of the English language. There's, there's words. That people don't even realize carry meanings that they don't even know. Right? Like if you ever look up the definition of a word, there's like multiple meanings within like within that word. Like that word can be used in so many different ways. The reason that matters, this is probably irrelevant in inside baseball. You all know I personally use the King James Bible, whatever you know, version you use, that's you know. That's you. This is the version that I use and that I, that I prefer. A lot of people don't like it because it uses old English. What I realize is the reason that it's misunderstood is because now I'm not blasting anybody's understanding. I'm telling you I'm in this category is because we don't have a proper command of the English language. How often do you read something and read past a word and assume that you understand that the context of this of this word, right? Like you, you read you read a book, you see a word, and you're like, all right, from the context, the word, you know, more than likely means this. And I'm not saying you're wrong, but if you ever take the time to look at these words you don't know, you would be surprised at what you find in the meaning of those words, like, oh, I did not know this word could mean this. This changes the whole dynamic when reading. And that same thing happens to me when I'm, you know, reading the Bible. So anyway, 2 Peter chapter 2, and I'm going to go verse 16 down to verse 21. For we have not followed cunningly devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty for he received from God the Father honor and glory um, when, uh, when there came such a voice to him from, uh, from the excellent glory. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And this voice which came from heaven we heard when we were with him in the holy mountain. We have also a more sure word of prophecy where ye do well that ye take heed uh, as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, the reason I brought up that whole thing about language and and words is the definition of this word prophecy. Here's what's interesting. Now, we all have a general understanding of that word because from the context it's normally used in, we understand what the word means, right? But the word prophecy... Is a foretelling, a prediction, which most of us probably know, declaration of something to come. Again, most of us know in scripture, a book of prophecies, something we also know. Here's the here is the third part of this definition that I'm pretty sure most people don't realize. Preaching public interpretation of scripture, exhortation or instruction. Now think about that especially in the context of reading the New Testament specifically when you see the word prophecy. Now when you see that word people automatically think foretelling, but how many times when you're reading your Bible and you see that word prophecy do you ever think preaching, uh public interpretation of scripture, exhortation or instruction? And with that part of the definition in mind, how much would your understanding of certain things, specifically in the New Testament, change with that in mind? I think it would actually change a lot, my personal opinion. But anyway, so what do we see here? Uh, What 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 Peter said in verse 20 is knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Now, you got to understand Peter's first telling the crowd that, yo, what we're telling you is not cunningly devised fables. Like we saw this. With our own eyes, we were there, we heard the voice, we're not giving you secondhand information, right? And he's like, yo, we have an even more sure word of prophecy. And in case y'all get it twisted and get it get it tripped up, this is not just something we we privately interpreted this is not esoteric knowing this first that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation now however you want to take that right this now this can in further investigation and further study be taken in many ways but let me just let me just say this without getting too ultra deep no prophecy of the scriptures of any private interpretation. What I know about God, I know from what I read in the Bible. Now, let me add this caveat. There's things that we know of God from the natural world, right? We can look up at creation, look at, look at the complexity of animals, the complexity of, of human beings, the complexity of the ecosystems that we live in, and we can see an intelligent, creator beyond our comprehension. These these are things that we can know even from the natural world. But what I'm talking about primarily is the, the the intricate things of God, things that may not necessarily be perceived by nature itself. We can see throughout the Bible, the different things God said about himself, the deep and intricate things. This is not esoteric. This is not private to me the problem when we when you make spiritual things scriptural things and like like the truth of these spiritual and scriptural things esoteric is it's so easy to get into the category of false doctrine and it's easy to have these beliefs that are like antithetical to the bible completely and this is why i think when 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 people focus on, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The experiential, right? Like there are going to be experiences you have as a Christian, as you walk with God, spiritual things happen. The spiritual world exists. The, The world does not consist of just what we see in the physical. We, we see this from scripture, right? We wrestle not against flesh and blood principalities and powers, you know, this so it's not all about what you can see. The problem is, I think sometimes we we take these experiential things and we make it an esoteric experience like, well, let me let me tell you what God showed me. Now, now, again, I'm I'm trying to be understanding and not be so rigid as to miss the spiritual aspect of life in the heart of God, if that makes sense. But I think when it comes to this idea of God working in your life, it would behoove you to make sure that you're in your Bible, right? Because what if something is happening and you have this idea of what you're supposed to do because you're looking at this esoterically? And what if you go back to your Bible and you go, yo, okay, well, looking at this experience and looking at what happened biblically, The wisest thing to do biblically in this situation is X, looking at what the Bible teaches. But if you make this thing completely esoteric, you'll go, well, you know, this experience and the way I feel and what I should do. And I feel like the Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not into thine own understanding and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. I try my best not to be a Pharisee about this thing, right? Not to be I'm what's the best way to best way to put it? I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. You know how some people they're so straight lace is not the right word. I want to say that, but but there's not necessarily anything wrong with being straight lace, but they're so rigid that they're not actually looking at the heart of the scripture. Kinda of like the kinda of like the Pharisees did when it comes to, you know, they wanted to pray and they wanted to adorn themselves and they wanted to be seen by people because for them it was a show of how spiritual it, how spiritual they were and strong they were in the faith air quotes, instead of understanding that this prayer is to yo, to really get with God, to really talk with God, whether people see you're praying or not, that's like you missing a point there. So I don't want to get to that point where I'm so rigid that I'm actually missing the point because that's possible as well. But I think there is a real danger in going outside the scripture and making all of these things so esoteric. And I believe that has done a lot. So I'm going to go to the book of Matthew chapter four. And I'm going to start in verse two. And this is uh, an account that I'm sure everyone's familiar. As a matter of fact, I'll just start with verse with verse one. Then was Jesus led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he um, he was afterward and hungered. And when that and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, Command these stones be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word which proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city, and uh, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple, and saith unto him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down. For it is written, He shall give His angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Jesus said unto him, It is written again, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again the devil taketh him up into an exceeding high mountain, and showeth him all the kingdom of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him all these things will i give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me then saith jesus unto him get thee hence satan for it is written thou shalt worship the lord thy god and him alone thou shalt serve then the devil leaveth him and behold the angels came and ministered unto him you see several things happening throughout the course of 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 this account, you see the devil quoting Bible verses to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Lord Jesus Christ, rightfully so, going back to the scripture, like, hold on, nah, that's not, you're taking this out of context. Let's look at what the Bible says in full. And here's what the Bible says you're using this verse. To try to get an effect that's actually not, that is not what's supposed to happen. The, the, the verses that the devil is quoting, they're actual verses, but the Lord Jesus Christ offered more context and correction. And you see where the devil tried to push this whole esoteric experiential thing, right? Things are tired, hungry, things are going bad. Look, just give in and you can have this. Surely God wants you to have rest, right? See, and and I think this is what happens when we make everything so esoteric, so private to us instead of saying, okay, wh- what does the Bible actually say? I know about the experience I'm having right now. I see what's going on with me right now. What does the Bible teach in regard to this emotion, to this happening, uh, to my total idea and what I'm seeing right now? What if, what if sometimes, look, this is a, Mm, kind of a far reaching thought. And I hesitate to say things like this because I'm not trying to trying to scare people out of the move of God in their life, if you know what I mean. But what if sometimes when we think we're supposed to be doing something like, yo, I think, you know, God is moving me to do this. What if what you think God is moving you to do? He's not. And here's an easy way to judge. And that's why I said I kind of hesitate to say this. But if you feel like you're being moved to do something that violates the Bible, clearly, clearly this does not this did not come from God. That's the key. The key is we have a Bible that has all of these accounts. We can see how God has worked throughout the the course of human history. We can see God's principles, God's precepts. We can we we can understand things about God because what he has revealed to us in the scripture, this takes all the guesswork out. This matter of the Christian walk, yes, God does work in a person's life personally, but this matter of my walk is not esoteric. It's not like what God's nature is. God's being is not private to me. So that meaning what I'm saying is God is not going to do something to me and for me in violation of what he teaches in the scripture and about himself. Now that maybe this thought isn't necessarily conveyed in a proper way, because I was thinking, how do I get this out? And how do I get people to understand what it is I'm seeing? And again, what 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 brought this whole thought about is listening to the preaching i heard from this uh this gentleman and hearing some of the things he said i was like man you know if i if i was listening and if if i didn't know anything about the bible then i would get the impression that that the the work of god in my life is esoteric In the sense, right, God does work in a person's life personally, but I mean, in the sense that it's going to be these extra biblical things that I don't really have any biblical account or teaching for this. Like if what we do is is some kind of esoteric thing that there's no Bible teaching for no Bible account, no instruction, then who's to say we can't just do whatever it is we want? See the Bible this is where we get that instruction. This is where we get that doctrine. This is where we get that reproof is is not is not going to be experiential to the point where it's so unique to me that it's outside the purview of the Bible and there's nowhere I can go in the Bible to see okay how do I handle this situation. Yo, I'm not a know-it-all. I don't know everything. I don't have all the answers. I do not have everything figured out. But I think the 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 danger, and I mean you've, I mean I'm sure you've seen all of the books written on all of the different biblical topics. I yo, I'm thankful for these books. What's common through, I'm not gonna say all, but most of these books is yo, these these men and women are going to the Bible like yo, here's here's what the Bible says X Y and Z. And here's what I can extrapolate from that, that portion of scripture or that account. Right. And then you, you compare that with the rest of the Bible. Okay. Is this in line with with the, with the Bible teaching in its totality? Is this in line with what the Bible says? And then when you get to that point, it's like, all right, I can rock with this. Doesn't mean you're always correct. Maybe somebody comes along and points something out and you're like, oh yeah, I didn't consider that. I think the, the, the benefit of people who adequately and accurately rely on the scripture is you can be proven wrong and you're not mad about that. If one of my friends comes to me right now and says, yo, you said X, Y, and Z, but did you consider that the Bible says this? Then I'm like, ah, yeah, you're right. The Bible does say that. See, this is not about my private interpretation. This is not my esoteric view on on God and, and how things work. This is not private to me. This is public. The Bible is public teaching and this is where we, we get our, our doctrine, our reproof, our instruction from. And when you go outside of that Bible, man, you are in dangerous territory. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty people.